Good afternoon. Good morning. Good morning, George. You're a morning. Joel, it's definitely an afternoon because you're on the Gold Coast hinterland. It is windy. It is windy. I was just driving down along the seaway and uh, there are proper waves like coming into Wave Break Island at the moment. Uh, and it looks like it's 25 ish knots. It, it actually looked kind of cool. So, yeah, very un Gold Coast. Oh, no, we do get wind, but it's, it's obvious, as you have seen, it's been a bit cloudy, a bit, uh, bit ordinary today as well. Uh, I I pushed the button a minute or two early because I'm desperate to do this chat GPT thing. So I'm going to go do a sponsor and everything in just a moment, but just whilst I'm waiting for people to catch up and get here on time, uh, <laughs> I have a tweet thread going where someone spammed me. Uh, it was WhatsApp spam, which I don't often get. Hello, Troy Hunt. I mailed you, lowercase i, I mailed you on email address regarding beanpwned.com, not haveabeanpwned.com, beanpwned.com. Now, I had time to kill <laughs> because Ari, my 13-year-old son, and I came home and realized we had not taken a house key. So we went back out. I got some beer, and then we came back, and we sat in the hot tub. Beer for me. One beer for me. Sat in the hot tub and this came in and I was like, all right, let's have some fun with this. We've got time to kill. We'll chat GPT this. So I said to chat GPT to write a response in the most crocodile dundee of tones, which it did. It did a good job. It did a good job. And we went back and forth a few times. I have shared this on Twitter. What I've not yet shared is they're still on the hook. <laughs> this guy, guy, girl, who is it? Uh, Nandini. Uh, if uh, if one of my followers is is a little bit more afraid with Indian names than me, I assume it's an Indian name, uh, it is a plus what, nine one number. I think it's India, isn't it? Let me know. Is it a he or a she? Or do I just play it safe? <laughs> it's, it's not really kind of the point. The point is wasting their time because they are trying to spam me. So I will go back to ChatGPT and I will ask for a response. I feel like, you know what, let's, let's give it... Let's see what it comes back with now, because it's done a lot of good Crocodile Dundee, don't get me wrong. Uh, let's see. They want a Zoom call, which I definitely don't want to do. To do. Make up an excuse and start swearing like a normal Australian. Now. Will ChatGPT apply the, I don't know, is it immoral to swear? I don't know. It's normal here. <laughs> Will it apply a compass of morality or professionalism and not do it? Or will it come up with a good answer? Okay, let's see. What do we got here? They want a Zoom call, which I definitely don't want to do. Make up an excuse and start swearing like a normal Australian. Okay, ChatGPT, do your best. What do you come up with? <laughs> G'day Nandini mate, I appreciate the offer for a Zoom, but crikey, I'm in a bit of a pickle right now. You see, I'm out in the bloody bush with me trusty ute, and me phone's battling for reception, as it is. On top of that, a bunch of flaming galahs, is that swearing? That's not swearing, come on. Have nicknamed me laptop, nicked me laptop, and I'm in the middle of tracking them down. So as much as I'd love as a face-to-face, -face, it's just not going to work now mate. No worries, thought I'd just keep chatting away through email here. Yeah? It's more a slow burn, but we'll get there. So what's the next step in getting these ripper apps off the ground? 
I'm keen as mustard to see him come to life. Thanks, buddy Heap, for swearing. For swearing. Well, swearing. For your understanding, mate. Looking forward to moving forward with these Butte projects. That's not swearing. Okay, ChatGPT. That's not swearing. I mean, proper swearing. <laughs> What's the worst you've got? Let's just see how weird this gets. What's the worst you've got? Okay. Ah, I get you, mate. Apologies for the... Oh, no, now it's Crocodile Dundee talking to me. As an AI language model, I'm programmed to follow guidelines that prevent me from using explicit language or get... All right, disappointed. Disappointed. I thought it was meant to have all of these inappropriate leanings because it learns off real people. It's, uh, it needs to pay more attention. <laughs> Where were we? Sponsor. Let's do the sponsor before it descends into... Uh, you do any more anarchy. Sponsor again is Collide. No surprises there. Collide has been around for a very long time now on the sponsor bar. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's zero trust tailor made for Okta. Book a demo today. Uh, and as I've said many times, Collide ensures to zero trust if the device is secure, it can't access your apps. Designed for Okta, works on Mac, Windows, Linux, iOS, and Android, which is pretty much all of them, isn't it? It's not much gap <laughs> there. So please go and check out Collide. They really have been a fantastic sponsor, uh, not just this year, but last year, maybe even before that as well. Uh, and they've been great. And it, look, it really helps a lot when a, a sponsor comes along for a big block of time and we get to, to have a more more long-term relationship. Look at the comments. Stephen's loving these replies. Josh, it's good to know Crocodile Dundee made it into the training data, isn't it? Does not warm the cockles of your heart. Uh, less warming is that it won't swear. I'm disappointed with that. I mean, where does it draw the line? Flame and galah. Flame and galah, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say what the words are. There's a lot of things that would be part of the normal vernacular here now uh, that you just don't get away with in other places. There's a lot of things that we would say only very recently as well. I'll give you an example without giving you an example. Um, forever and a day, the Aussie cricket team has been called the Aussies. We've always been the Aussies. Now imagine if suddenly someone decided that the Aussies is enormously offensive and you can't say it anymore. It's, it's, like, it's like that. And I'm not sure how it, it transitioned, but it's a lot for a large language model to keep up with because the public sentiment keeps changing over time. Wayne's here. G'day, Wayne. All right, I think uh, I think the chat GPT stuff is fascinating. I was speaking to a journalist today. I'm going to be going to Perth in a couple of weeks. Now, if you're not from Australia, uh, imagine Australia is huge. It's about the same size as Europe or continental uh, USA. And it's like going from New York to Los Angeles or uh, what's the furthest east in Europe? Somewhere in Turkey? Uh all the way across to London, you know, like it's just a massive, massive distance. So we're going to be going to Perth. And a journalist today was, was doing some interviews in advance. Uh, and we got to talking about the AI. And we're sort of having this discussion that it, it's a morally neutral technology. All technology is morally neutral. Encryption is morally neutral. We are using encryption now to broadcast this stream. Uh, someone else could be using encryption to plan to blow things up. It's, it's, 
the same old argument as we've had for, for so long. And ChatGPT, large language models, AI, blockchain, well, like all the different buzzwords at the moment are all morally neutral and we can do good things with them and bad things with them. So anyway, the point of the journal was, you know, if, if you think AI is doing great things for productivity and all the rest of it, uh, it's also doing great things for spammers. You know, when spammers start to really get a hold of the fact that they can write much better crafted messages, and I don't buy the argument that they deliberately put in spelling mistakes. I mean, this dickhead today. See, why can't ChatGPT at least get that? This person <laughs> today who can't even do a couple I, I mailed you. And it was, it's, it's just incohesive. Hello, Troy Hunt. I mailed you on email address regarding beanpone.com. But where's your pitch? There's no pitch. It's just, I mailed you. So, okay, congratulations. I've mailed people too. Huh? What do you want? So they will use the AI and they'll get better at it. Pindus is there. G'day, Pindus. Shiny Doc. Morning, Troy from the UK. Normally I only get to watch later. Just wondering how your work is going with NordVPN. As don't think you've mentioned that for a while. I do pop up and mention bits and pieces. I occasionally get people chime in and ask questions about it. Uh, I, I hope I've <laughs> had a positive influence. I think part of the way you measure positive influence is I think it's been a very long time since someone has complained to me about their messaging, <laughs> which was part of the reason I was keen to do the role because I think that there are areas of the messaging that, that could have been better. I feel like it is better now, but uh, tell me, if you find some some messaging that, that's a little bit off target, let me know. But uh, I, I think on this one, Shiny Doc, like nothing noteworthy to report given most of the reasons why I wanted to do this is a good thing. Stephen, need to apply the style of Unreal Banana Peel or write Vegemite. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Data breach misattribution. This is my next topic here. Now, when I saw this, I, th I feel like, and I don't always get this right, trust me, but I, I feel like I, I'm normally pretty good at thinking a few steps ahead in terms of what is going to happen with a thing. And when I saw this, I had a pretty good idea of where this was going to lead. Now, I tweeted about this just earlier today, so let me go and grab this tweet and we'll, uh, we'll fill in some gaps here. So this relates to a tweet from four days ago from Gray, Gray Jabisi. We'll just call him Gray. It's got a monkey icon, one of those NFT monkeys. Hey, is... Let's start that again. We'll get the first word right. Has Coinbase been hacked? Has, or, or, or at Coinbase support, at Coinbase, please explain. And what this person has shared is a screen grab, which we later learned was from Dashlane, the password manager, says, we found some of your information on the dark web, affected email address, obfuscated, affected websites, coinbase.com. This breach included personal information, address, phone numbers, email. Now, On the surface of it, it reads, and this is not an interpretation, I think it's actually very explicit, it reads like Coinbase has had a data breach. Now, for any organization to have a data breach is a serious thing. It carries with it all sorts of related ramifications, everything from having to notify people through to possible class actions, through to big expensive you know, incident response companies and things like it's it's a major major thing for what is probably the number one or top two or three 
crypto platforms in the world to be implicated as having a data breach is a massive call. And when I saw this, I went, this, is, like, this doesn't sound right. Like we'd hear about this. Also, Coinbase, in all of my experience, I've actually spent time in a Coinbase on my last visit to San Francisco pre-COVID. I went and visited some people there. And in my experience, everyone there was just super awesome. And I feel like it's the sort of organization that would do the right thing if they did have a breach. Heard nothing about it. So I've picked this up and I quote tweeted it because someone pointed me to this tweet. Uh, and I said, anyone else seen this via Dashlane? At Dashlane, just so they know. It implies a breach at, at Coinbase, so they know which is a pretty serious claim, but the thread seems to be inconclusive. Is this accurate? Now, that was four days ago. So today, I got contacted by Coinbase uh, and they gave me an explanation and I asked if they could give me something that I could share and they kindly replied to my thread. Now, here's what they've said on the public timeline. They gave me a little bit more information privately, but I think what's here publicly is enough. There has been no breach at Coinbase. Based upon our discussions with Dashlane, their dark web scanning provider and our internal investigation, we can confirm that this notification relates to a contact list pulled together from a previously disclosed breach at another crypto firm. They don't say who. The list was advertised as related to Coinbase, but the data included was not sourced from our environment. So here's how I read all of this, and this is what makes me feel a bit, a bit frustrated. Someone is selling uh, a service similar to Have I Been Pwned. They're out there. That's fine. No problems. But somewhere in their pipeline, they have ingested data, which is alleged to have come from Coinbase, almost certainly not done disclosure to Coinbase. And as much as it's fine, there's other organizations out here doing similar things to Have I Been Pwned. I know emphatically that some of the very well-known ones do not do disclosure. They just load the data and YOLO. So they've loaded this data. It's filtered through to Dashlane, possibly through into other customers as well, likely through into other customers. And Dashlane has gone, okay, well, here's the thing. I'm going to put it in front of people. I imagine it's a little bit like yeah, Firefox Monitor users have I been pwned. If I went out and I found a credential stuffing list and it said it was from Coinbase and I whacked it in have I been pwned and I went, Dashlane has had a data breach and that fed through to Firefox Monitor and through to their customers... I'd look like, a, to use the words I was really hoping to get out of chat GPD, I'd look like a wanker. <laughs> I, thought I would look like an idiot because there's a complete lack of validation there. And I look, I, I do know people at Dashlane. I have no issues regardless of my association with 1Password. This isn't to throw them under the bus. They are a victim of whoever was further up the pipeline feeding data into their service. And I just think it's, uh, I, I really hope that they're raking someone over the coals for not doing the due diligence on this because that's, that's just a really serious claim. Now, I don't think Coinbase is the sort of company to, to do this sort of thing, but you can imagine, and the thing that I'm always worried about is you can imagine a company like Coinbase sending a lawyer letter. <laughs> you know, it's like, we represent Coinbase. Uh, Recently, your service implied without any basis or validation or any contact or any communication with us whatsoever that we had had a data breach. We are now upset and we want some things from you. And that would worry me. And it should worry whoever provided this data through the Dashlane as well. So that's, that's my little high horse thing. And I think part of the reason I'm upset 
I'm going to talk more about what I'm trying to do with Twitter subscriptions and validation later on. Part of the reason I'm upset is I burn so much. Burn's not a fair word because it's not wasted. I spend so much time trying to do validation so that precisely this doesn't happen. And I'm one person sitting here doing it. And I, th I think I've got it right almost every single time. I do think there are one or two exceptions which we managed to handle. But whoever's feeding this data down is, is, is not just one guy sitting there at his home trying to make this work. You know, it's, it's a team of people. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit pissed at that. Anyway, we'll see. I'd, I'd be very curious, actually, if someone behind that actually reaches out and says, oh, by the way, that was us. Have I been pwned in API domain searches? So I, I tweeted earlier today that uh, there is a user voice idea that's, that's years old now about having domain searches available via API and have I been pwned. And, you know, let me, let me just go and find it because I, th I think this is going to be the best way to explain why I didn't do it. And then I can start to talk about why I think, why I think we can do it. Uh, here we go. So the uh, the exact original idea here, the exact request. Add domain search capabilities to the API functions. I've been subscribing to the alerts for breaches relating to a corporate domain, which is fantastic. But now we have Splunk in-house. I was hoping to connect directly to the API from a forwarder. April 21, 2023. We are, oh, look at that. We are bang on. Sorry, 20. Oh, no, it started... My fault. <laughs> started. Started work on this April 21, 2023. I'm like, oh, what a coincidence. That's today. No, this was an idea shared on May 6, 2017. Wow. So that's like going on six years old. My explanation here sort of explains why I think it's a problem. So I've said here, I'm keeping this idea open but also still under consideration. The main reason is that the present model of searching domains ensures the requester still has control of the domain at the point of search. A persistent API key could still be used by someone who leaves the organization and should no longer be authorized to access the data. That's the background. There's a few things in the pipeline that may make this more feasible, obviously not in the last six years, but there's no timelines as of now, hence six years. So I, I do think that there are ways of mitigating the risk. And I'm going to talk more about that once I actually do it. I, I have like literally started writing code and, and pushing code uh, to production as well. So things that, things that won't be obvious to people until I build the rest of it. But I do think that there are ways around this. Uh, and I do think that there are better things that we can do with domain searches because there is a huge dependency on them now. Uh, I, I've started... It's just the way I work. But one of the things I often do when I'm going to build something new, I start by writing the, the launch blog post because I've got to think about what is it that I'm trying to give people? How do I explain this? How do I position it? Uh, and as part of writing the, the launch blog post, I went through and I started pulling a lot of stats about how many organizations are using this service? How many searches are there? And it's like half the Fortune 500, literally half the Fortune 500 using Have I Been Pwned to do domain searches and then tens and thousands of others. And it's, it's crazy reading through it because it's like a who's who of brands that, that we all know. So there's a massive, massive 
utilization of the service at the moment. Uh, it's also one of the things that I see continuously spiking CPU utilization on the Azure App Service. Uh, so one of the things I've been pushing code for is to make sure that all of that rolls to Azure Functions. Uh, and then and then I need to try and make it work <laughs> more efficiently by upgrading a few things. But it's a it's a really big, big, big part of how I've been pwned. And I, I think now's the time to try and do something like this. So if domain searches via an API are important to you, go and vote on that user voice idea and you'll get an email when anything changes and I'll keep talking about it here as it evolves. Nick007 is here. Good morning. Last thing. <laughs> this isn't controversial at all. Twitter subscriptions for Breach Insights. Now, just like toying with spammers with chat GPT. I, I do get like just a, a little bit of pleasure of seeing people lose their mind over Twitter. It, it, it's, it's hard not to munch the popcorn <laughs> watching some of the discussions about how upset people are for reasons that they themselves find hard to articulate in any meaningful way. Uh, I find that very entertaining, I've got to be honest. Now, that said, I did have an idea during the week. It, it did literally come to me in a flash, uh, which means that it might be brilliant and it might be terrible. I don't know. Time will tell. And it was that, that the whole data breach verification process is enormously time-consuming, uh, unless you're the provider to Dashlane. <laughs> it's enormously time-consuming, and it's usually me sitting here in isolation and I plug away at it and I try and verify the data. I try and find contacts uh, at the organization. I send emails, I send Facebook messages and tweets and all sorts of things. And I get nowhere and I sit here and I do it in isolation. And then as a last resort, I go onto Twitter and I go, hey, does anybody have a security contact at blah? And then everyone by that time is like, oh, okay, all right. We well, you know what's going on. How bad is it going to be, you know? And that is really not ideal. So I, I, I sort of had the idea of using Twitter subscriptions, uh, which, which is where you pay a few bucks a month, to have a more curated audience of people that wanted to play a role in this. So, you know, do you actually want to contribute a bit of time to help me find a contact for the organization or give me some ideas or just give me somebody to talk to about the pain of the data breach processing? And because it's a Twitter subscription, it is not public to the masses. It is public to those who have paid their few bucks and opted in. And it's not that the goal is to make money out of this. I think it will make less money than what I spend on coffee. I really do. Um, it is more about getting people who are invested enough in the discussion that they're willing to pay $5 a month. I just went straight to the middle of the road of the Twitter subscriptions recommended offerings, willing to pay their five bucks a month and have a discussion. Now, Without saying it explicitly in the blog post, it's also like people who are willing enough to get over themselves about their dislike of Elon or whatever it may be to actually see that there's a greater good and there's some value in doing this. So <laughs> the responses, oh, also I posted it on Mastodon too, just because YOLO. <laughs> the responses were, were quite funny in that Really, the only consistent negative thing anyone had to say is, I'm not going to do it because I don't like Elon. Okay, well, that's, that's your prerogative. You, know, you don't have to go and give me 
give me that five bucks or more importantly, actually take part in the dialogue. You're like, if you really don't like the guy, you know, first of all, thank you for using his platform to tweet me about it. Um, but second of all, this, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to use this. You imagine if everyone was like, you might have a bad part. I don't like that. I'm going to send him a message and tell him I don't want to use it. And this is what it felt like where there's just constantly messages from people. And, and there are obviously people who are using the subscription and they're engaging. So thank you to those folks. But I found it fascinating how willing some people were to say, I am going to tell you that I don't want to be a part of this. Always because Elon. I got a little bit of feedback on Mastodon. There aren't many people on Mastodon. Like this is the this is the harsh reality that I think people who in protest went from Twitter to Mastodon. The harsh reality I think they have trouble with is that Mastodon, I've got about 16,000 followers. Uh, and I tweet a little bit and I do engage a little bit. And I don't, as someone suggested, cross-post. It's not like I have an automatic engine. It just like, puts everything everywhere. I basically write a message and then I put it on Twitter. I often put it on Facebook, LinkedIn, Mastodon. I'm not going to write a different message for each platform. I'll engage with people on each platform, unless it's LinkedIn. <laughs> but I'll engage with people. That's a different thing. So I was very upset that I posted it to Mastodon at all as though somehow you shouldn't post links from one social platform to another. Now, who's done that and got raked over the coals for it? Interesting, isn't it? Um, let's have a look over here. I wonder if there's been any more responses here. Where are my notifications in Mastodon? Um, huh. Someone, would you consider setting out some kind of notification system of devs of HOBP libraries about new features so these can be implemented in a timely manner? This is on Mastodon. I should say I'll put it on my Twitter subscription. <laughs> just see, just see how flat that falls. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's it's a it's a very small audience. It's a it's a single digit audience compared to Twitter. And the other thing is, and I know that this is a plus for some, but I find for the most part it's a negative. It is largely an infosec audience. I mean, for argument's sake, the 3D printing community and the IoT community didn't all just get the shits with Elon and go, we're going to leave Twitter and we're going to go to Mastodon. It seems to be very much the infosec audience. And I, I do think that there's just socially a bunch of things that are quite different with the infosec audience. I don't feel the dev audience has done that to the same extent. I, I think they have more than the 3D printing and the IoT audience, but yeah. So anyway, I am using this subscription within Twitter to start sharing more detail earlier uh, about incidents that I'm trying to get support on. And I did reach out publicly and ask for a security contact on one today after engagement with subscribers on this. Uh, and, and that's to be expected. I'm going to reach out to them more as, as I start processing more data. And honestly, I feel very, very 50-50 as to whether or not this will actually be any good. And I can easily see me getting to the point in a couple of months where I go, hey, look, we gave it a go. It doesn't work. Just don't renew your subscription next time. Save you five bucks. Uh, that may well be the outcome. I don't know. So in the comments, Strata said, I had a scam call about someone hacking my business phone line. So I said that my phone was protected by Cyberdyne, Cyberdyne Systems and this Skynet was protecting it. I hang up. Because it is judgment day. <laughs> okay. The problem is, like, you know this and I know this, but I feel that that gets wasted on the spammer. I really do. Stefan's here. Good morning, Stefan. 
John Bristow's here. Truth be told, he spent a lot of money on coffee. <laughs> I work from home and Charlotte drinks coffee too. And Ari drinks a little bit of, I don't know if you meant to have 13 year olds drink coffee. He has a little bit of coffee. Uh, so we do. Yeah, we do. Okay, we do. Stephen Jones, having watched Hot Fuzz recently, you can't say it once. So the greater good. Okay. Stephen Jones, watch again. Brendan Webb, a good Troy's in. Troy's just about out. I think it's uh, it's going to be a bit a bit shorter today. They were really my my big things uh, this week. A, a lot of my week has been disrupted, as seems to be the norm now, by ongoing works in the house. Uh, I don't know if I shared any photos this week. Um, there will be more coming, but oh, jeez, it's, it's it's so painful. Let me finish just by talking about some upcoming events, just in case folks are in an area where any of these things uh, are happening. Troyhunt.com forward slash 2023 events. I seem to have something every single week at the moment. Uh, This week coming, next week, we have the We Fight Fraud live event in London, in the UK, right next to the Tower of London. I will be coming to you from my home, having been... Not sent to the, or my ancestors not sent to the Tower of London, but rather sent here. Thank you very much, English friends. That was great. The week after, I'm speaking at the Office of the Information Commissioner, which will be a good one for Privacy Awareness Week, which is poor in Brisbane. So that is on the 2nd of May. So that would be really cool to go to our information regulator, privacy regulator, uh, and spend some time there talking on their behalf to an audience of a whole bunch of other people uh, about about privacy. I have some ideas. <laughs> so, so that would be good. Now, the week after, I'll be in Perth, other side of the country. I'm going to do uh, a totally unplugged, unlocked AMA for, is it for Microsoft or is it the Microsoft user group? What is the correct term? Uh, here we go. It is the Perth Azure user group. Uh, so I'll be doing that. On the uh, on a Tuesday night, I believe, and that is totally unscripted, unprepared. Um, that's going to be fun. It's going to hopefully that beer. It'll <laughs> be really good fun. The next day, I'll be keynoting at Cyber West. This is going to be the tenth of May. Uh, that is going to be a big event, big keynote. If you're in the Perth area, uh, come along to that. That would be awesome. We have the week after that. Orca Security, Cloud Security Live 2023. That's the 16th of May. The week after that, we have go to in our house, U-House, Denmark. <laughs> that is going to be remote. I will not be in Denmark. Uh, and then just to top that off, the week after that, we have the AIS NSW 2023 ICT Management acronym conference, leadership conference. Uh, So this is an education-based conference uh, for New South Wales. They're holding it up on the Gold Coast. Uh, We have a big event there. So I'm going to be talking about cyber-related things. Uh, So that is back-to-back events all the way from now until the start of June. And then nothing until I'm in Prague in September. So I'm sure we'll fill that out with a bunch of other things. It does seem to be the way. But if you're in any of those places, uh, including the online places, because a bunch of these are online, then uh, please come along and join those. Uh, what did I miss in the comments here? Uh, David says, I don't want to join your Twitter thing because uh, Elon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> and hey, look, if you're adamantly upset enough with the guy, then, then yeah, don't do it. But if it's on the basis of money... Uh, one of the things that I don't think people quite understand is that the way that model works, Twitter gets 3% of the $5 
and I get 97% of the, of the $5. Now, they have said that's for the first year, and it's a little bit vague and ambiguous after that. But of course, you could always change this after the first year. You just, just bail out if you don't like it. But 3% of $5 ain't going to be covering much of the cost. And in fact, someone linked me through to a tweet of his saying it was, it was really just break-even money. So I don't think he's making any money out of that. Now, whether or not it's contributing to the success of the platform because more creators come and use it, a different story. Uh, but if you're on Twitter using it and seeing his ads and then telling me how much you do not want to support him, uh, you need to go to Mastodon. <laughs> I think that's the only possible answer here. Stefan, eagerly awaiting more pics of the exotic cars. I kind of feel like Stefan's trolling me because Stefan has seen a couple of comments. In fact, Stefan sent me a beauty of someone who seemed to take every opportunity just to use Twitter to tell me how much they didn't like me talking about cars. Very No, actually, they were very unhappy about cars and my house. Very unhappy. <laughs> I know what my next response to them is going to be. I'm just waiting. It's just, I've thrown... Throwing the, the, the hook out. We're just waiting. Uh, now, Stefan, what I uh, had actually planned to do, and I haven't done this, and I haven't taken a good look at it myself, but there are lots of just really, really cool design engineering tech things about the McLaren. And I want to go through and just like take a bunch of cool photos. There's things like some of these air ducts are like, you could lose your dog down one of these air ducts. They're just amazing designs. So I want to go through, take a bunch of photos. I'll add them to the same thread. If people don't like cars, mute the thread, move on, go and complain on Mastodon or something like that. Um, but I will do a, a big thread with just lots of photos of things that I think are interesting. Um, and then you can either enjoy it like I think you will, or we'll move on. Uh, Brandon says, read coffee. I've been coffeeing since I was like 15. I remember having like four tablespoons of instant coffee. In a oh, you lost me at instant coffee. Next. Um, Pimdu says 3%, which is Twitter's take on the subscriptions, is practically transaction cost. Look, it, 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 it really is. Um, if you sign up to my subscription via the web, you go through Stripe. Uh, and Stripe takes 3%. Now, I imagine Stripe takes 3% and then Twitter takes 3% of whatever's left after that. But 3% is very much considered. Uh, I, I mean, I think to use Pimdu's subscription, it's a transaction cost. You know, no one's no one's making mega bucks out of that, even with very, very large volumes, because there is an overhead to running these services. Stephen says, how's your water sensor working? Oh, very good. Let's have a look. Uh, so a little, little interesting backstory. I don't have it here, but... There was a rain sensor on, let's not call it an awning. I think I used the wrong term. Uh, louvers. Louvers. So um, we have some louvers out the back of our house, which uh, let's call them a couple of meters deep and about five or six meters wide. And we've got a couch and everything out there. Uh, and the louvers cover about half of it. And there's a, there's a remote control and there's two motors. The louvers sort of broken into two sets. And there has been a rain sensor there for the last 17 years. It's lasted 17 years. So when it rains, the louvers close and you can do it manually with the remote control as well. Now, as part of all the houseworks we're doing, we are actually putting in an awning because even when you had the louvers closed, like half the couch was dry and then half the couch was wet, which means you're back to putting towels out and stuff like that to try and sit on something dry and you can't sit it there when it's raining. So we're getting an awning and a bunch of stuff had to get taken apart. This old rain sensor got taken down. Uh, and I looked at it and went, I'm sure we can fix this with um, 
with IoT. It's always either like fix it with IoT or make it worse with IoT. A little bit of Googling, I found people saying what you can do to build your own rain sensor is you can get uh, an Akira water slash leak sensor. So Akira make a whole bunch of stuff, predominantly runs over Zigbee. I've got loads of Akira uh, motion sensors, loads of Akira little thermometers and things all over the house. They've actually been super, super good. They've got batteries that last, I'd say, one to two years. They're very small uh, because they're um, Zigbee. <laughs> I totally lost the word for a moment. Because they're Zigbee, they're low power usage, low bandwidth, uh, but that's just fine for things like just sending an update on the temperature every, you know, however often it is. So you can get one of these, and the way the water sensors work is they've got two pins outside of a plastic, obviously waterproof housing. And they're usually used for things like leaks. So you might put it next to a place where you get leaks, and then if it leaks, it closes the circuit between the two pins, and that triggers the event. And I read something the other day where people were like, well, you can get a rain sensor, which is it really just looks like a looks like a little circuit board with imagine two sets of arms, and the arms come in like this, but they don't touch. Now I'm massively overinflating the size of it. But if you get water that closes the circuit between the two sets of arms, then that triggers whatever the thing is. So you just literally just wire it off this leak sensor. And then I test it by just getting a spray bottle. You spray it, gets a little bit of damp on it, closes the circuit, raises the event, paired into Home Assistant, job done. I don't know how long it'll last. It doesn't look super robust, but to be honest, the one I just took off the roof that lasted 17 years also doesn't look super robust, and here we are. Because they're literally about $3 a pop, this is just the the rain sensor. I bought three of them. Do I have one here? No. Or the other one. I got it in my drawer of IoT dreams. And uh, today was the first time it rained since I set it up. And what was really cool about it is some people might go, in fact, I think Scott, uh, Scott Helm said, don't you have the weather station with the rain sensor? So, yes, I have a weather station with a rain gauge. And the way the rain gauge works is there's like a little seesaw in there with cups and you've got a funnel and it has to rain enough to fill the cup such that it falls down and it tips and then that records fragments like one mil of rain. But when it just sprinkles like it did today, we have recorded zero rain in the rain gauge, but multiple occasions here where the rain sensor has gone off because it only needs the tiniest, tiniest sprinkle to close that circuit. So as I said in the tweet today, like I am irrationally excited about this because it is such a simple thing. I want to design a little 3D case for it and enclose it properly and put it out somewhere that, that's well and truly in the rain. And then I need to figure out how to get these crusty old awning motors to be able to uh, open and close based on the rain sensor. So I don't know if I'll whack a shelly on there or what I'll do with that. And then when the awning comes, I need to integrate the awning into it as well so that the awning comes down maybe just a very short distance, just enough to keep the couch dry. And someone also said, look, if you've got an awning, you need a wind sensor. I do already have a wind sensor in the weather station, which would be suitable for this, I think. Uh, but this particular awning also comes with one too. And I just felt like a little bit of a closed loop system there where it was all built into the one thing was probably a, a smarter thing to do. And, and obviously the wind sensor is so that if the awning's all the way out and it's on these big extended arms and it gets really windy, it doesn't like rip it off the side of the house. David says, 
B2W, I get better engagement on Mastodon. Maybe it's different for bigger accounts. It Look, I think it it might be a combination of, of how many followers you have on each. It might also be about the topic as well. Um, I don't think, and I haven't tried in, in fairness, but I don't think I'm going to get the same engagement around things like um, uh, IoT and 3D printing, etc., on Mastodon. I definitely get a very large amount of engagement on Twitter. I've had some of my most engaged tweets ever in the last month. Uh, not just the one about Twitter still being alive and everyone losing their shit over it. So um, that has been my experience, but your mileage may vary. Brandon said, I love how Troy said he wanted a shorter one tonight, but it's gone full AMA. That said, Troy, have you considered doing a talk out of Latrobe Valley in Vic if requested? I talk pretty much anywhere if requested, if, if I'm honest, mate. It's... Um, it's about having the right things in the right places. Actually, Charlotte and I were having a discussion about this probably two nights ago because I got asked to do a talk in uh, Cologne in Germany. And it's very close to when I'm doing the one in Prague. And we sort of looked at it and then went, look, at it, it doesn't work for various reasons. But I realised that the, the only talk that I'm doing in person overseas this year is Prague. Um, I don't think there will be another one because so many of those ones are happy to do remote now. Australia, different story, because it's much easier to get around the country, uh, less jet lag, less cost, all the rest of it. But, yeah, if someone in Latrobe Valley popped up and, and made it happen, I could do that. Scott Helms here, the little tippy bucket thing. You know exactly what I mean. <laughs> you know, you know. You have a – because you've got one of these, haven't you? You have a little tippy bucket in there somewhere. That's a technical term. Uh, Stratus. It would be opening and closing a lot here in Sydney because it rains a lot. Um, someone today said, why do I even need this? It doesn't rain here, right? But I, I think Scott has seen it when it rains properly here because it's subtropical. You know, like there's a lot of warm, clear days and they're lovely. <laughs> but when you get particularly towards the end of the year and you, you'll get a hot day and it's humid and then you get to four o'clock and then you get a big storm and we can have absolutely torrential downpours, you know, like up to maybe a couple of hundred mil in a day, uh, which, which I think is probably about the most I've seen. So it can also be massive as well. Um, as Stephen said, when it rains, it really rains. Okay, folks, I'm going to wrap it up there. I have something else to go and smoke on the uh, on the barbecue. You started that sounded bad, didn't it? It's chicken, <laughs> chicken wings to come put on the barbecue. So I'm going to chime out. Thank you very much for joining. I'll be back next week. I'll still be around next week. I, th I think it may be the week after that I'm in Perth. We'll work that out at the time. Cheers, folks. See you later.